0: Be continued at scs. georgetown. podcast
1: Pregnant ladies and little kids better get the hell out of the way I am running. I'm just, I'm like Forrest Gump, dude. I am running. So the Titanic was the biggest ship on the ocean, but that didn't mean it was unsinkable. I want you. Use Ombudsman in a students next week. I got one
0: for you. My name is Kevin, the official ombudsman to of the Jess Press Play Podcast. You like apples? Welcome into another edition of the Jess Press Play podcast. I'm your host, Kevin, here with Uncle Tony Pops. Jacob, what's going on, fellas? What's up? What's up? up? What's up? Hello, hello. We are nearing – we are now a, a week away oh, yes. from getting into – Pops, are we still – I'll check to see where you stand on this. Is March Madness in NCAA tournament still the best overall sporting event in sports?
1: Yeah, I you kind of think it, it is. I think, I think I haven't changed my mind. I think it is still the best sporting event on earth, quite frankly.
0: I mean, you've been saying that for uh, – well, as long as I've been alive. As long as I can remember, you've been saying March Madness is it – uh, I think I saw Tony shaking his head. Procedure, are you in the same boat? I'm in the same boat. Madison? It's just I
2: don't think you can replicate that many games on at the same time at the same level. So
0: now LJ would be here to at least throw a little rebuttal, Uncle Tony, because that's what that's what our beloved LJ <laughs> does. He he's does. gonna have a, <laughs> yeah. he's gonna have a rebuttal. This tournament does not necessarily crown the
3: best championship every year. Would you agree? Like the best team? Oh, the best team. Well, uh, at the time, yes. But no, I, I think that's what makes a tournament great. Is that sometimes a team can uh, upset what could be the best team, and and uh, that's what makes it a great tournament. So, did I say anything that meant you, you
2: can say that about any
3: playoffs?
0: <laughs> I
2: feel like. Yeah. Well,
0: so you <laughs> could argue like so you could argue St. Peter's beat Kentucky last year. If they played 10 times, Kentucky probably wins nine of those. Right. But that's the tournament is any given day. We're like the yeah. NBA. It's a seven-game series. So, an inferior team, more than likely, is not winning four out of seven. In the NFL, guess you could argue the NFL, though. I mean, you have a Giants team that goes to the Super Bowl. It's all one-game scenario. I, think I don't one know. And I, done. I see what
1: you're saying. one and done tournaments, though, allow the hot team to make a run, I think. Whereas series, baseball, basketball – um, more often than not, I think the best team wins a series.
3: So maybe I should put it this way. I think the winner of the NCAA tournament is the winner of the greatest sporting event. Is that the greatest team in that sport that year? Perhaps not, but they won the greatest sporting event of the year. It, it just doesn't get any better than when every
0: team is playing I mean, we're getting some of it in conference tournaments now. We're, we'll get into the thick of conference tournaments this weekend, but teams playing back against the wall, this could be their final game as a team ever. I just That's what makes every single tournament game so good because even if they're down
3: 15, this is, the <laughs> this is the last that's one. This is the last right. one, so you might as well just jack them up and keep playing. Yeah, yeah. and uh, this is my favorite time of year to watch college basketball this week and, and then start next week in the tournament because now all those – those little tournaments are on, and so you can watch basketball till like two in the morning, and watch all these little West Coast tournaments you you wouldn't even think about watching. And I never realized that were that there were many that many arenas in Las Vegas, Nevada, that they could have tournaments in. But apparently, you can have three or four tournaments in Vegas at the same time, and it's always fun to watch. And you get to see these little teams and stuff. It's it's pretty cool. So
0: a lot of people are probably in the past. Few weeks or so really diving into college basketball, really getting ready for the scene. Maybe there's more research being done this week on teams you like. Maybe you read about teams and all this jazz. Tony, is there anybody in particular now that you've transitioned out of football a little bit? I'm sure you dove in a little. Is there a team, a player, just something that's caught your eye? You know, I'm not telling you to give me your final four or anything, but just maybe something that's caught your eye watching a little basketball.
3: Yeah the thing that the pundits are really excited about mediocre basketball and so that's what i've said because i've watched a lot of these big 10 teams play and i say this now big 10 will probably have 6 out of the of the elite 8 but um it seems that there's there's they're projecting 10 teams out of the big 10 to make the tournament possibly and i've been watching basketball and I'm not seeing it and I know I'm sure lift is going to say it, something about Ivy and how much he likes Purdue. Cause lift likes big, tall, slow white guys. But, um, you know, in your own image, but you, you know, I think that, um, he, uh, that I'm seeing a lot of, that's the biggest thing I've taken so far is guys are making a lot of noise about media. What I see is mediocre basketball. And, um, and so, I that's guess, it. but where, I will say, Big
0: Ten people are because I am reading the is, latest.
3: Uh, yeah, UCLA is fun to watch.
0: The latest bracketology from Joe Lenardi has ten big team, ten Big Ten teams in there, and it. a Big Ten fan would argue, Tony, that they might look mediocre because they're going up against each other, and they're a good conference. I'm not saying one or the other. But prestige is there a is there a team that's caught your eye or maybe a conference or
2: something that uh, you're, kind
0: of, you're interested in as you head to the tournament?
2: Yeah, I think the Big East is gonna make a lot of noise in the tournament. They got some really good teams. Uh, I just I haven't followed too closely the Big East. Mainly stayed in the SEC throughout the season, but. Uh, doing just a little bit of research right before we hopped on here they they got some some players in that in that uh, conference. I also like the biggies because it's like that's their best their basketball is their thing like that's what they got and so um, it's nice to see Yukon back up here at the very top I think I think that's really cool to see uh, we all remember their Cinderella story um, however long ago it was. so some remember it yeah we'll some remember it. a little bit others some, some. <laughs> better than others uh, but yeah, I, I like watching the Big East. I think they're going to be pretty good this year, and that's something I usually take into tournament plays when I'm filling out my bracket, is how good a conference is to try to pick those lower seeds to make it. So,
0: well, and if you if you are like a Big Ten proponent, or even SEC, I think it's tough or Big Twelve. Even I think the ACC is the one that's been a little down, but this is can be one where if you played in a tough conference, you're used to playing. A tough game, and then two days later, being ready to play another tough game right after. And so maybe you can be ready to keep fighting those back. Uh, Pops, any any team? I know one team that you're probably interested in is one of the ones that might be the number one overall seed. Just yeah. I know you have a little interest in, in the Cougars.
1: Yes, I've always been a big U of H fan. Uh, and you speaking about, does the best team always win? I believe it was 1983 when clearly the Cougars had the best team, I think, that year, and they they were beat by Jim Volvano in North Carolina State, and Derek Wittenberg, and Lorenzo Charles, and Sidney Lowe, and Thurl Bailey. I can still remember all those guys, you know. Um, and I can tell you the rock the uh, the Cougars team as well. But honestly, I don't know uh, the Cougars as well now. I've only watched probably two half games. I'm probably most invested in the Razorbacks, and I would be anxious to hear where y'all feel. Seems to me that we're kind of on the bubble. Uh, t- to me, I think we, have God, I hope we make the tournament, and I think we could make some noise. But so, Houston and Arkansas are, are the two teams I'm most interested in watching, and I hope I get the opportunity to watch them both.
0: Well, I'll go ahead and jump in there. If as everything I've read, uh, and Tony, Jacob, y'all can either disagree or agree with this, but I, it looks like the Razorbacks are in the tournament according to everything I've read. Just as far as net, their net, and like their losses, and they haven't. While they've lost a lot of games you'd like to win, most of them are good teams. There's only like the LSU loss. That's like a very disappointing one. And so it looks like they're in as a 10, 9, maybe an 8 seed if they can make some noise in the SEC tournament. But I believe even without winning an SEC game, if they were to lose the first game of the tournament, they're still in. And some of that might also be Pops, regardless of how disappointing or not this year's been. There's a lot of talent on the roster. So the tournament would like to get a talented team in, into the into it. Yeah. Would, would you agree with any of that, Tony?
3: Yeah, and so what I've seen is I, I think if the Razorbacks were to lose to Auburn Thursday night, I think they may fall. To, they're being projected as a 9. Um, they could fall to an 11, a non-by 11, meaning they would be in playing on Thursday or Friday night, not playing on Tuesday. Because I think, if I read it correctly, they have the second or third most quad one games. They haven't won all their quad one, but they have like the most quad one. And, and that's a big deal in bracketology. And that means you're playing the top, most of your games are against the top 50 or top 75 teams in the, in the country. And that's what the, the tournament uh, committee seems to really look at now. And that's a new part of that new net thing. But if they, I think if they beat Auburn and then beat A&M after that, uh, which is totally possible. Um, they can move up to. I think the most they can move up to is a seven. If they won the whole tournament, maybe a six. But I, I think that's pushing it. I do. I do like them as an outside team again. To, why not say they're in the Sweet Sixteen? They, they've been. They've got a pretty good record <laughs> of doing it. So, and got the talent. So,
0: Jacob, it kind of it was the the part where you mentioned if they could beat Auburn, which they definitely could. Like that's the way I am with this tournament team. I could see this team could be in the elite eight again and I wouldn't be totally shocked. This team could get bounced in the first weekend or the first four and I, they're just so hit or miss. And sometimes it's in the same game, Jacob. Sometimes you have yeah against Alabama, that 10 minute start, you're like, this is the team. And then they'll go through 10 minutes where they look like they forgot what offense is. So I, I trust Musselman as a coach and maybe it's just not gelling this year. But I just—it's hard for me to get a good read on this Arkansas team. It has been all year.
2: Yeah, it's been very frustrating. Frustrating is like the first word that comes to mind for me because you know the talents there. Everyone just keeps talking about all your all your talent, and I'm like, I don't see jack shit of that sometimes. <laughs> um, like, but I I think the most frustrating thing for me is uh, this is the first Arkansas team I've seen that just for some reason we don't have that three point shooter or anyone that can can. I'm not going to say consistently. No one's consistently hitting threes in, in any game, but like the percentage, are we still in the bottom five three-point shooting percentage, possibly? Like, even, I know Nick Smith being back has, has helped a bunch, but I think it's just we're not playing enough defense, I think, to, to for the, our percentage to be that low at the three-point. And so I think that's what really worries me in the tournament because um, I think in teams in past, Arkansas teams have had that uh, top level tenacious defense to go along with that guard that can that can shoot on the fly. Um but this year I just don't see that and so it's a little tough for me. I kind of almost feel like let's just let's just balance first game and I don't have to worry about it. But but <laughs> but I mean obviously it would be cool to make see if they make a run. But if they lose to Auburn, I'm gonna probably lose all hope for what they can do in the tournament.
0: And you know any team can argue like every team goes through injury so this isn't a Arkansas excuse but pops i think specifically the two shooters this team was looking at was Nick Smith at the guard range to kind of uh get you some threes and then Trevin Brazil was going to be to spread it out from the four and you lose both of those guys and all of a sudden you're like losing one maybe but now you lost pretty much the all of your shooting even though Devo kind of found his shot and with the year and was a decent
1: shooter mm, i don't but trust that though
0: i just think you lose those two shooters and now now you're scrambling and then As great as a player as I think Nick Smith is, it's just hard when you – one, so he's been out and you're trying to figure out who's going to take over that well. And Black had a few games. I think Black's going to be an awesome pro. Council tried to. I think he plays really hard, but sometimes he's out of control. And then you bring Nick Smith back and it's just like, all right, this guy's now going to be dribbling the ball for 75% of the time and you haven't played with him most of the year. That's just – that's hard. I don't care how great a coach Muscleman is. And I don't want to hear anybody talk about Musselman being on the hot seat because I love Eric Musselman. I I,
1: no, I think if the minute yeah.
0: we were to put him on the hot seat, there would be every team calling or ninety percent of. Them. But
1: I think you're you're what you're saying, and you're like me. I want to I want to believe believe half glass half full. And I think what's happening, I think it's very possible. What I think you're alluding to is that Musselman has had a hard time getting his core, you know, getting the right five guys on the court at one time and getting his rotation right because there's been injuries, because he's lost prominent players. And now you put somebody like a Nick Smith. I think he's Nick Smith Jr., right? is junior? But um, you put somebody like that who is I mean, gosh, I've seen the kid. He can play. There is no question about that. But now he's handling the ball you it just it they've not had a chance to gel and so i would like to think glass half full that muscleman's just toying around with with these different rotations and these different lineups some because he's had to and and hopefully he'll he'll have it right come tournament time he's been a pretty good tournament coach um in the past and so i'm going to be cautiously optimistic uh about it and hope the best
0: yeah. Well, that's what we just said. The tournaments who can get hot and there's talent here. Now they yep, just need to talent. get hot. And they have a shot. But yeah, let's so, yeah, here, let's I'm, gonna give,
1: do...
3: I'm gonna give lifts. lifts, go, ahead, lifts. Thomas, go ahead. Here's his optimism, and then we'll get off the Razorbacks. So, the last two games against. Well, let's start with the, the three games against Alabama, arguably one of the best teams, if not the best team in the country. Alabama's a good. foot a good team. Yes, they hit their layups. They hit their layups, and at the end, they didn't hit their free throws, and I, that's what cost them. Against Tennessee and against the second game against Kentucky, they didn't hit their layoffs And so normally I, I've you know at Kentucky they were taking the right shots they just weren't going in they were tentative and that to me is a team that's set to go on a, on a run what's killed them in every game this year it killed them when they had uh, Alabama uh, coming back against Alabama the first time. They didn't hit their free throws. And that's such a strange thing for this, a muscleman coach team not to be able to hit free throws. That's the thing about black. He gets to the, gets to the bucket, but then he's hitting 50% of his, on his free throws here in the last 12 ball games. Ricky Council's hitting 60% the last 10 ball games. If those two guys push their percentage to 75, 80%, Arkansas has won three of their last, um, five games. And so. I, and then all of a sudden, you're talking about a team who's really yeah. Hard going then to we're talking out. about a, yeah. a top twenty five, five or six ranked team. So those are the things you kind of look for for as Cinderella type teams. But you guys are right; they're just not they're just not gelling. The chemistry is off. But if they if they can fix those two things, I don't care if they hit threes or not. They're they're one of the longest defenders uh, in the in the country next to Tennessee, and uh, that that can be dangerous for a lot of teams you play in the tournament.
0: Uh, so, Tony, let's go to just this. Let's just say when the bracket comes out on Sunday and now you're starting to look around at teams and what are a few things that you kind of zero in on when you're doing a little research? Maybe it's coaching. Maybe it's guard. Maybe it's a good big man. What What's a few key things you really like to look at when looking at maybe, okay, I like this team to make a little run?
3: Well, I, I, I've got a couple, and I know one is the same as Lyft, so I'm going to leave that for him. But the first thing <laughs> I like to look at is defensive percentages and how long a team is meaning how tall they are on the perimeter but well, if you've got guards that are 64, 66 uh you know 67 you got swings that are 67, 69 uh like Purdue they've got a 7 foot 2 guy but they've got a 510 guard i'm not sure that that makes you a premier defensive team and uh and so i the first thing i look for is that length. On the perimeter and a good defensive percentage, meaning they're holding their uh, uh, opponents to a lower percentage shots. That that can hold you through a lot of ball games when the refs aren't going your way or uh, you're facing a team that gets hot for ten minutes or or you're you're not used to the gym and shooting. If you're able, the more sixty point wins you have, I think sometimes. The, the better off you are in this tournament. That's the first thing I look mm-hmm. for is, is that length. Cause you're saying
0: thing. that team then can win when a game gets ugly and the pressure's like, cause we're, just, everybody's tight and you're all, all of a sudden you're clanking a bunch and then go, well, yep. let's just D up. We'll just D yep. up and play and get an ugly win. Cause there's, that happens every year in the tournament. Mm-hmm. There's some ugly wins. You just got to survive in advance, as everyone else has to say. Yeah. yeah
3: I think Loyola was a great, Loyola Chicago was a great example of that a few years ago. It wasn't Sister Jean. It was because dadgum, they could defend on the perimeter. And they can really mess you up, and then they had they could have patience on offense. And I thought that's what made them a great tournament team. So that's first that length on defense, I think, is poor.
2: Jacob, is there something you like to look at? I like to look for senior guards. I like experienced guards in the tournament. Um, that's just what I, I tend to gravitate towards. Um, unless obviously there's some team that's just like a Kentucky or somebody that's getting hot with their young with their young guys at the right time, but I like senior guard play. I think I think that can really take you at least to the Sweet Sixteen, typically. You like a
0: good, I know, pops. I feel like I've heard you talk about veteran guards a lot of times. Yeah. So it, what are some things you look at?
1: Well, I mean, that Tony was leaving that for me and Legs took Oh well, damn! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's worse.
2: He's, he's Tony, learned for the best. I mean, I for the best. <laughs> Great minds think <they> alike. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I like it. I like a strong backcourt, uh, and I like and I like a, 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 an older backcourt. You know, you see so few seniors, but I do think it's possible in the tournament, oftentimes, to see. Uh, a group of guys that are older and have played together uh, and have that chemistry that we're talking about that the Razorbacks can't find because a lot of them are first year players playing together for the first time. So I think senior or older leadership in a, in a good, solid backcourt that can come you down like the Tony's talking about when when it gets a little jumbled and the game gets ugly. A good a good point guard that can kind of go just settle down, guys. I'll get you the ball in a good position to score. Just let's just just settle down and and so and that's not get my, carried away my,
0: when a game gets sloppy. it, exactly. and all of a sudden it turns into a turnover fest. Yes. Someone who can go like we it, just need to slow down.
1: Let's just take a breath. Let's just take a breath. I got this. We'll figure it out. You know, and a team and that
0: has some of those are yeah. uh, there's a TCU. I feel like has a few of those guards. A Kansas State maybe. Uh, What is it, Pops? I I am curious. So, like, like a senior guard is good, but also how important is for a team to have, like, at least a just bucket getter? Because, like, we talked about UConn. They had a Kimba Walker. Or someone who is just, when the game gets ugly, and I just need to go, Nick Smith Jr., here's the ball, go score. Is that – Import like how? Where does that weigh as far as just in regard?
1: That weighs in every single form of basketball you play, from pee wee to to <laughs> to NBA. I mean, think about it. Look at Kevin Durant, you know, or somebody like that, or LeBron, or. But I mean, I know now we're talking about and, and Ricky Council is a good a good uh, uh, example in that he is a guy that can go get a bucket, but if he gets fouled, is he going to hit those free throws? You know, so so you need a guy that can get a bucket. And can hit a free throw if he gets if he gets fouled. I think the answer is taking it generally hard to the hoop and and being able to either uh, get that ball in the bucket or make the free throws if you're fouled. There's a
0: team that does. I don't know if they fit all these ca- categories, and it's a team I, for whatever reason, I kind of buy into. A lot of times in the tournament, I feel like they burn me a lot. But Texas is interesting in a lot of those. I know they don't have their coach. Chris Beard had some things go on, and they got an assistant coach now, but. They have a guard where sometimes I think Marcus Carr does too much and takes shots, like a little bit reckless shots, but he is a bucket getter. And then they got some senior guys who are transfers like that. Sir, Sir Jabbar Rice, I think is his name. Sir Jabbar. He he's a good slowdown. And they got big guys. Like they they really play well as a team. And I I like a team. That's typically the idea. Some senior guys, some good defensive length, I think like Tony talks about. And then At least one guy who's got the cojones, and sometimes it puts you in a bad spot, but someone who's just got the onions to just take that big shot mm-hmm. and make it. And so that's they, they intrigue me. Tony, is there any team that you've actually circled as they have some of the things you like?
3: Yeah, uh, there's a couple. Um, well, actually, I'll say three. So Baylor, I think, really fits that mold in the Big 12. They How had bad some did big- that
0: one guy? Uh, they had an injury like a week ago.
3: The, I think you might have. I thought it was just an ankle and he'd be back this week, but I need to check on that. Um, cause you're right. They, and they have a lot of good guards in general. Yes. It's like three yes. solid,
0: solid guards.
3: Yeah. And they've played some really good games and they've lost some tight ones. And I, I, Drew's a good coach. So, um, but I, I like Baylor. That's I,
0: another one we didn't mention on the things that tick the boxes. A good coach. A good a coach. coach. Yeah. That's why yeah. Good Super important. If Muscleman gets that talent, all of a sudden you got a coach who understands the back to backs, yeah. understands how to go from Thursday night to all right Saturday night. Yeah. You got another game. Like I know we're happy about that, but we got another one. Yep. And so, yeah.
3: And the the other team I I like, I, and I need to see more of them is I, I Jacob said earlier. I, I like UConn. I think that, and I'm trying not to be sentimental about it. You know. <laughs> Really trying hard. It's hard not to, so not Tony. <laughs> but it's one like, of those you things. You can't be good to us. Yeah, you know that. You think about it. They were ranked. I think they made it to number one early in the year, and then fell back. And now they've kind of settled back in and have been a a, a force in the Big East. I agree with what Jacob said about the Big East. I think they're overlooked a little bit. Um, you know, I, with that UConn
0: one, the interesting thing, and I think you're hitting on it. Is early in the year before really a lot of the especially like football fans like us really dove into college basketball like everyone's crowning UConn like they look like the number one overall seed they're just head and shoulders above everyone and they had a like three or four week span and it was like right as people were getting into college basketball like oh that seems I don't know why people were so high on them and you're right they've kind of gained that steam again but under the radar now no one's talking about it I mean they'll still be a high seed don't get me wrong they'll be a a very high seed but no one's talking about the same way they were and it's the same team. They're still a very solid bunch.
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, those – I'll just list and, – and if we get – I've got um, one more wild card, but I'll let you guys. I don't want to name all the teams. Let somebody else name, name one.
0: Jacob, you got any teams you're looking at?
2: Yeah, and intriguing. I feel I'm like – Again,
0: this is not we're holding you to this next week. Yeah, good. Just teams that you're kind of like – I'm interested to
2: see where they find their way on the board. I don't know why. I always, and it, it bites me every year, I feel like, is the damn Pac-12, because I'm trying to find that. No one watches the Pac-12 because it's on so damn late. <laughs> and so everyone's <laughs> trying to find that one team that they think it actually could be good. And I feel like the Pac-12 lets more people down than any other conference in the tournament with their top seeds. But boy, Arizona is so big. And so I really like I've watched some highlights of them earlier, and they they're really big. So I, any team that has a center in their in their in their lineup, I'm I'm pretty intrigued. I won't lie. So, yeah,
0: yeah. they they Arizona's yeah. fun one, and you're right on the Pac-12. There's always some. We just, especially if you're not living on the West Coast, it's just hard to watch those Pac-12 teams. Yeah, and it does seem like a few. Even though I still don't think they're great, that great of a conference, they sneak in a few, and they'll mm-hmm. get a. A USC who you really just didn't pay attention to, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, this Evan Mobley guy, he's yeah. going to be a top three pick now. Yeah, that's I didn't right. Pay attention
3: to him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony, give me another one. What you got? Okay, this is a team that I want to watch this week uh, in play in their conference tournament, and that's Marquette. Um, they have been really hot here Shock down the smart. stretch. Shaka Smart now has found his footing again oh, yeah. uh, with Marquette, and um, that's a, a, another basketball school. And uh, they're a long team, right? And so, um, athletic, no great, no, if I remember correctly, not a big, big man, but, uh, they just play good basketball. So I, I want to watch more of them this week before we go any further, but they're solid too, maybe a strong three seed if, if depending on how things go in the tournament. So, uh, I'm, I need to watch some more Marquette. And, uh, I, I, I think that, that could be a, uh, that could be a, a long, not even a long shot, but a mid range shot. A long shot, let's see if Tennessee does well in the next couple of games. Yeah. Um, they just Tennessee defend that, like, so well. And as I said earlier, <laughs> man, I, I, you know, I hate being, I don't want to be, uh, you know, a homer and set these SEC teams, but I don't think the SEC is quite as vaunted as folks are putting them up uh, from top to bottom. But man, Tennessee can defend. And if it wasn't for the so, fact that I had to watch Rick Barnes whine on the sidelines, I I really like mm-hmm. watching Tennessee.
0: I think that Tennessee team had a real real shot because I, I totally agree with you. They got length, they can defend, they got uh, I think it's Vescovi who can kind of light it up from outside. But my issue, Tony, and I, and it kind of nails to they're missing the guy that you like, and that really all of us like. They had Ziegler that he's I think he's only a sophomore, but he's there. He's basically their – do-it-everything guard, and really has control of that offense and has what Pop's talking about, the guy who can go, this is getting a little too fast, let's slow down. And he tore his ACL against the, yeah. the Hogs earlier, a couple weeks ago. And I just think, even though I still think they're a talented team, they're going to be a tough out, that point guard just gets so crucial when I, you have these six games to make it.
3: And here's what I, – and I agree, except, except, I don't know, did you hear Musselman's uh, comments after that game when Ziegler went down? He said yeah. – Musselman said, "Well, after Ziegler went down, they actually became bigger and tougher on defense because they brought in a, a bigger guy to replace him. And I thought that was pretty interesting. And, and it does hurt them offensively. Let's be clear. But um, you know, they'll have a you know they've got two weeks to figure that out before the tournament starts, and I, that could be that could be interesting, right? Could be interesting."
0: I'll tell you one, and I wouldn't. I don't necessarily just want to see this team have a ton of success because I don't mind seeing them lose. But um, a team that's interesting to me is Texas A&M. With I, I just think Buzz Williams is a really good coach. Yeah. He's good in the tournament. Yeah. And they started the season really bad, like eight and five, <laughs> losing some shitty non-conference games, and then all they did in SEC play, which I don't think the SEC is crazy talented, but it's solid, and they went fifteen and three, yeah. and they just. I can't even name a ton of guys on the squad. They just play really well together. They play hard, and Buzz is a good coach. Now, I'll say all this. I don't really. I'm not just dying to see the Aggies go to the final. <laughs> floor,
1: right? I'm just
3: telling you. Yeah. No. No offense to the the Flynn family, but I don't want to see him either. You know, I. uh no, I don't no. want to see him That's either. All right. I don't want to talk about that come Christmas time, but. Uh, no, I, um, <laughs> yeah, you're right though. They're an interesting bunch and they do, they do play good trapping defense. They are susceptible to a mid range jump shot. And I think that's going to hurt them in the tournament because they're going to run into a team that shoots the ball really well and they don't defend against that. That's why we should have beat. That's why Arkansas should have beaten them twice, beat them once, should have beaten them twice. So, um, I, that's where I think that problem is with their trap defense. I, I don't think they've got that guy that can come back and, and score with your guy. That's that's the problem. You, they've got to be a low – it's got to be a low-scoring game for AM to win, and I think they're going to run into problems with that in the tournament.
0: Pops, you've watched a lot of basketball in your years. How much do you care about conference tournament week as far as, like, the, the teams that are really good, teams that, like, you're really thinking could be Final Four caliber teams? If they lose early in the conference tournament or win the conference tournament, does that change your mindset that much when you're filling out your bracket? after selection Sunday?
1: No, not not really. Um, you know, sometimes you need a, a loss late in the season to kind of get you back right. And I, I just you know, you can expend yourself trying to win that that conference tournament sometimes and and, and, I mean, the, the, the NCAA tournament is the thing. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't profess, you know, melling it in uh, just if you're in the NCAA. But it doesn't matter. To answer your question, I'm not too concerned if they're a good, solid team if they don't do well in their conference tournament.
0: I mean, you're saying either way, though. Like, say UConn, who we're, we've all kind of circled as a team that we think is pretty decent. Say the Big East tournament's kind of grueling. They play a couple overtime games, and they have to play all five, and they're tough games – you're not going to necessarily say, well, now I'm choosing maybe lose in the first two rounds. Like You're just saying you don't put too much into it one way or the other. I'm saying I tournament.
1: don't put too much into it one way or another. Yes, that's what I'm saying.
0: Okay. I think I agree with that. I think it's easy to see a team go on a run and go, oh, this Duke could be good because they just won the ACC <clears throat> tournament. And you're like, I watched a lot of games this year and they are very hit or miss. I, so I think that's a good tip to anyone out there is I'm not saying you shouldn't wait in, but don't put too much into a good showing in the conference tournament or a lack of showing. Cause you could be like, I wouldn't hate it. Also for those good teams, it's not the worst thing. Like you're saying pops, not only do you lose, get a little rest, kind of gets you hungry, but you get some rest to get those legs freshened up. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's a guy who has a nagging ankle injury. Now he gets a full week off or something. So be careful because the conference tournaments are fun, but don't, don't buy too, too much into it. Um, let's see. Is there any other? Um, is there any other tips? Maybe Uncle Tony got. We can save maybe some tips for next week as far as uh, yeah. watching games while also being a productive human and helping society. Yeah,
3: yeah, we can we can <laughs> say that for later. Yeah, next week. But yeah, um, uh, yeah. I just thank God they're not on Fox. Jesus, Pete. <laughs>
2: yeah, we'll no. save also.
3: Kidding. A tease,
0: for the, a tease for the listeners, and I believe everyone here listen here on the pod knows this. I'm fairly certain. And most of our listeners might, but for those of you who don't, next week is when uh, Pops will share his guide. It's a very simple rule, but it helps you really figure out when the bathroom breaks are, when you can plan your <laughs> your refreshments. It's very easy, but college basketball makes it very nice for you to be able to go, oh, if I just stay for one more dead ball – It'll be a good time to get my refill. We'll share that next week, though. So you got to stick around. <laughs> Subscribe to the pod. Make sure you're following us, and we'll share that with you next week. But it's oh, just one of a those good life cliffhanger lessons
1: there, kid. <laughs> that pops teaches
0: you. Uh, do we have, Are we good on college basketball? We want to save some the rest for next week when we kind of yeah. know what the tournament looks like. Yeah,
1: because we're going to talk a lot about it. Pretty yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, yeah. There's a big yeah. there's a big show right. on Sunday. We'll talk about. <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 well, let's get. I want to go to the NFL Combine. I, is it all wrapped up, Tony? Or is it still going? Okay, so it's yeah. all done. I don't, we can we can have share more thoughts if, if you guys have some more, but the one that's the most intriguing to me, and it's surprising, but also not that surprising, is Anthony Richardson, the quarterback from Florida, had an amazing combine. I mean, he ran like a 4-4, I want to say. He has a cannon, his throws look good. Now he did all this in shorts and a t-shirt, and he was very hit or miss at Florida. And that, but now, Tony. People are like, is he a top five pick? Should he maybe be the number one overall pick? Because Bryce Young's too short. And I don't know. Like, Tony, what, what do you take from that? I mean, do you think it gets over-exaggerated, or are you kind of like agreeing that he could be a top pick?
3: Well, I'll be glad to talk about these quarterbacks. I think Crazy Legs has got a better feel for uh, some of the uh, position players. But I, I think the, um, there is now discussion <clears throat> in some of the boards that I look at that we could, we could have a top – uh, one, two, three, four, five. Quarterback draft, possibly depending on how, where like Chicago goes in the goes. NFL draft. They go uh, one through five. Yeah, mm. depending on what Chicago does surprising. with their pick, and so how far back they want to go. There's some talk about they'll fall to four. Is Indy at the four pick, Jake? Who's where's the Colts at four? So I think the big rumor is the Colts move from four to one to take uh Stroud. Was it it's Stroud right? Mm-hmm. But I think Richardson has pushed him up, pushed himself up into that top five. As great a physical talent as he has shown to be, he is still really raw as a quarterback. And I think um, what we saw this year with um, uh, Ritter and not so much Malik Willis. I don't think as much was expected from Willis, and I may have those guys backwards. Jake, correct me if I'm wrong, but those guys were actually probably. As much, if not better, athletes uh coming out than Richard. Not better. Okay.
0: Anthony Richardson's, Richardson's like the him, better athlete. Faster.
3: Than okay. Well, they were they had more I think Richardson's more raw at the position than they were, and Correct. they were not very successful last year. So that's what's holding Richardson back. I think the best thing that I had just heard before coming on today is Richardson somehow falling down to the Raiders and the Raiders getting him to Sheldon for a year. Or two with uh, bringing in Garoppolo or perhaps Rodgers, uh, so that so that. Um, well, Richardson I think there's there's
0: rumors that the Seahawks might would have interest in doing the same because they signed yeah. Geno to a three year deal, but they yeah. could get Richardson and go. I hey, could, there's no rush to get on the field.
3: Yeah, but Rich that that was impressive. There's no doubt about it that we're seeing oh, yeah. the quarterback position really become a significant athletic uh, position in this combine. And in the NFL, Jacob
0: was the other one really up there. That's I mean, Stroud and Young. We kind of knew before the season even started. We thought those are probably one two. And now, Richardson and
2: Levis is he as well? Because Levis Levis has the arm talent to have him in that group. Um, The long ball is what he's got going for him. So
0: that's two people though, where I I could easily see. I can hear people saying, I might would even think the thought in my head too. Is like. I've watched I watched games last year where those two guys did not look like someone I want as my NFL quarterback. Yeah, I get the talents there, but how much do you go talent? How much is what I saw in college football?
2: I think that's where that's why it's crazy for people to think that Richardson could go ahead of Stroud or Young in the NFL draft because they just the other two proved it and have just as much athletic ability. I feel like Young didn't didn't perform in the combine, which is smart on his point. I don't think he has anything to prove. Um, so I think everyone's freaking out about his height. I think it was like five ten and a half or something as well. I'm like it's a new NFL, I think, to to really put that much on that QB height. now if he's like five nine, five eight, that's something to talk about. But I think five ten and a half truly get the it's not a big deal. But yeah, I think Richardson and it's tough like from a fantasy football perspective, like it's, it's super enticing because Justin Fields showed you why it's magic in the NFL sometimes, uh, having that super athletic quarterback. But, um, yeah, the biggest, the biggest knock on Richardson was it's, it was up and down play all year at Florida. So can you get him right in the backfield with that athleticism in the NFL? Um, I think that's what teams will take a shot on, which we've seen now, like all the great young QBs in the NFL nowadays – it's almost like just how, you know, there's that huge trend. Everyone wants to find that new Sean McVay. Well, now everyone wants to find the next Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. They want to find that lightning in a bottle guy because they know it's going to last 20 years if you can sign him. So.
0: Well, the um, one of the last really good athletes that went as a quarterback and then won an MVP, he's available apparently, but <laughs> no one wants Lamar Jackson right now. Can, can someone make that make sense to me?
2: So yeah,
0: it's, correct me if I'm wrong, though, just to set the scene, he yeah. he got the non exclusive franchise tag, <clears throat> which means I think it's like 34 million this next year. Mm-hmm. But any team, he's willing, he's able now to negotiate with any team. And if they agree to terms that the Ravens don't like, they get two first round picks in compensation, right?
1: Yes, yeah.
0: correct. Yeah. But we've already like as soon as that report came out like five teams that you would think would like a good quarterback like no we're not interested like the commanders, falcons Oh, I'm forgetting
1: some of the other names that said Yeah, wrong. why would the Falcons come out right away? Why would they come out and go we're not interested? What what prompted that? Did I miss something? I think
2: well, I think they're
1: well, of the list
2: that said no, they're one of the ones sitting higher on the draft. And so maybe they're thinking we have a better shot at moving up to get one of these younger QBs. Than paying all this money, you know, although it's 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 very interesting because as a GM, I try. If I were to think about it, it's like yeah, I'm about to shell out all this money, and I think I think really Russell Wilson really scared the hell out of some of these GMs because they put all that money in them in Denver and it got nothing. Uh, and they're
1: screwed. They're yeah. Screwed and so it's it really, it really,
2: because it used to be a proven deal like, hey, this veteran QB who's proven, given the money because it will almost always work out. And then you finally had that one bust of a deal, which just for one year. So we don't truly know, but it was a terrible year. And so I think it may have scared teams enough to, like, hey, maybe we should rather take the shot at the young guy in the draft than now the Falcons is interesting because they're at eight. They would have to get the Bears pick probably to move up to have a shot at one of the top three guys. But it was interesting well, in the to see have who one of the them. most
0: cap room as far as NFL teams like they, they're really high up there in cap room. I believe this year they so. are, but I'm wondering if they're also looking at it. Like
2: if, if they get Lamar winner, would they still actually be super bowl contenders? Cause getting Lamar Jackson doesn't change your defense. It doesn't change your O line. Um, you have Kyle Pitts and Drake London. That's great. But then their contracts come up in three or four years. So, By the time you get Super Bowl ready, are you now having to pay them, and now you can't pay Lamar? I don't know. So maybe they're just looking at it from a futures perspective.
3: So, yeah,
0: Tony, what's your thoughts on? on
3: Yeah, so I through three things. One, if I was interested in Lamar Jackson, the first thing that I would say as soon as that became out there is, we're not interested in Lamar Jackson. I, I I wouldn't want anybody to know what I'm thinking. Um, Atlanta has – just on Atlanta's, they've got too much draft capital in the current quarterback they've got. So, as Jacob was saying, they've got a lot of holes to fill. But Ritter
0: wasn't a high draft pick, right? I mean, Ritter was third. Third (coughs) round. He
3: was a third rounder, I think.
0: Third round. Which I know you don't want to waste a third rounder, but – yeah. He's, not
2: the, he's not the future, but I don't know if Lamar Jackson is the future of that team either. Like, they're yeah. not two years away. They're, they're
3: yeah. Like, yeah. So, the three thing I think the three knocks on Lamar Jackson outside of Baltimore are this one, he has had injuries the last two years. He's, and he missed h- however many games in a row this year to end the season. Um, uh, five albeit, games this year, five
1: games last year. I looked it
3: up. Yeah. So, um, so, one, injury. Two, arm accuracy. He still was not able to prove that he had the accurate type of arm to make him a pocket quarterback, which he he can't sling it like Michael Vick. So, it still makes you wonder what what would you – I mean, he's good, but is he that good? And that brings me to the third point. He hadn't won a championship. He hasn't gotten to that championship game. What is he that quarterback, right, for you to leverage – and, and commit 40 to 50 million dollars a year for five years with, I think, is he looking for 60 or 70% of that guaranteed? What's he, is he looking for 200 guaranteed? Well, he, I think like he, that. he, he wants, wants the 100%. 100%. Wants a he
2: wants, he, it wants, all he
3: wants to get on Deshaun Yeah. yeah. yeah what happens when you don't have an agent? So, um, but I think those are the three things that are, that are knocking him is, is injuries, uh, the arm accuracy and he hasn't proven that he can win the game. And so, with that, you're not going to make that kind of commitment to that quarterback. Now, again, I so anybody that wants him is going to immediately come out and say, "Wow, we're not interested." Yeah, and they could come back and get him any time.
2: So. It's interesting to me because the Commanders, I think, were the team that of, the, of that list that said, "Hey, it's a no for us." They were the one I thought that had the best reason to get Lamar because I think they're I think if they get strong QB play like above average QB play they're very much a contender and for the playoffs I think I think they have the skill positions they have the coaching they have they got a nice new OC Um, (laughs) they got a good defense so I I was very kind of shocked especially with with um, Oh, I'm blanking on the head coach's name now, but I know exactly Rivera. who he is Rivera. Rivera had had he had success with Cam Newton early on in his career, so I mean it. it the pieces kind of just made sense. So there must be either, and now that the franchise tag is on him, maybe there can be some more wiggle room for them to make a deal. But it tell that tells me Baltimore wanted a tremendous amount back for him, or that he's just worth so much that the cap can't be there for them. I don't know those exact little details that go on in those back rooms, but. I was shocked to see the commanders come out and go ahead and already say we're out. Pops, what are your
0: thoughts on this?
1: I, I think that we ought to believe what I think Baltimore is telling us, and I think Baltimore is telling us that he is not one of those guys. He is not uh, an Allen. He is and, and Allen hadn't won either. But I'm, I'm saying the jury's still out on 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 Josh Allen. Uh, he's not a Mahomes and. And God, let's get into why the Cowboys want to renegotiate Dak's contract a little bit, because I can't figure that out either. <laughs> but but I just I think that's what Baltimore is, is saying. They're saying we we like you, but you I think I think Tony, you nailed the issues perfectly. Um, accuracy, potential issues, and and just the way he plays it lends itself to injury. Um, is he talented? My God, yes. But if if it was my team, I don't know that I would want him at the price tag it's it's going to take. So, and and Tony, I thought you also made another point. I mean, he's negotiating his own contract, so he's got to go out there and and figure all this out and sign a offer sheet, and then the Baltimore's got five days to match. You know, that's a lot for him to do, and maybe he can pull it off. But I just think we should believe what Baltimore's telling us, and they're not that sold on him, is what I'm getting, and they've had him. For what four years, five years,
2: yeah. So, well, I, it's interesting. I just push back on yeah. a
0: little of that because I'm like, yes, maybe there are some accuracy problems or, or some of those issues, but also I don't feel like the Ravens have done him any favors at receiver so far. No, they it, haven't hit on Mark Andrews is good, but Bateman was hurt. Their running backs are always hurt. His left tackle's been hurt, and he still has an MVP. And he's not, I know he missed the games at the end. I think. What's kind of happening is at the end of the year, he missed those games and he wasn't really communicating with the Ravens. And so the Ravens have kind of at word like owner-to-owner talking. They're like, we don't know what the hell this guy – I mean, he's a wild card. He won't talk to us. We don't know if he's healthy. He might be 100% healthy and not playing, and it's scaring teams off of him a little bit. I'd roll the dice on Lamar Jackson. We're over here getting excited about Anthony Richardson when we have a Lamar Jackson who's just that athletic – and has shown that he can throw on the NFL level. I, I, what, what the main point I thought that Jacob hit that I wasn't really thinking about, it makes so much sense to me is every team now wants to benefit off of having that rookie quarterback contract. And if you get Lamar, you throw that out now. And so if you're getting him, I think Jacob's 100% right. You need to be, you need to think, if you're going to go sign him, you need to think, him with this roster makes us contenders yeah. right now. Yeah, because you're right, Jacob. There, there. He's going to come in and maybe play great Atlanta, but then all of a sudden it's like, well, shit. Now we probably either got to cut him, London, or Pitts. We can't probably have all three of them and a good defense. So that makes sense why the Falcons back out to me now that you brought that up.
2: Yeah, because you're seeing it across all the, uh, the across the board with all the teams that have those QB contracts. Because it's not only if the QB contract is is up now, they have to think about it so far ahead in the future because they cost so much. If they are considered, which Lamar Jackson's trying to consider himself one of those guys, Joe Burrow, we're going to see most likely Joe Mixon's cut this year and T Higgins is probably gone next year because they just can't afford to have everybody. Same reason you saw Tyreek Hill. Exactly, Tyreek, yeah. And it's funny you brought up kind of all those things about like the Ravens didn't help him out. I'm like, well... Everything you just listed can be very. Now you don't. I'm not. I'm not saying he's Patrick Mahomes, but he's wanting that kind of money though. That's the level. So like, if he's going got Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey, no wide receivers, kind of no wide receivers in KC compared to NFL standards, I guess as far as a group. Um, and so I mean, he's. I think the difference is I think he wants that big money, as in, in which he's MVP like. And that's a good accolade to have for some as a starting QB. But I think it's just not lining up for what he's doing for what he's wanting. If that so,
0: it looks like Tony, I think you brought this up a a few months ago or a few weeks ago. We talked about this, but Deshaun Watson just screwed it by the Browns, not Deshaun Watson, because you, the the, Browns say what you will about Deshaun Watson. But if someone offers you, take that damn money. I'm not mad at Deshaun for taking the money that someone's willing to offer. But Lamar looks at it as going, I've, Proved just as much as he has, and NFL teams are going. Yeah, but we're not giving that out. I don't know why the hell the Browns did that, but we're not
2: doing that. And he he also and sucked. He doesn't too. have an agent to
0: go. That's not going to happen. You're just not going to get it,
2: Lamar. So here's I, I, as much as yeah yeah Deshaun sucked. Russell Wilson sucked. People
3: are scared to give him that money. So here's here's what's crazy about the NFL. Okay, I so last year or two years ago, if you you had okay which one of these three quarterbacks would you rather have Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, or Daniel Jones? And at that point it's like, well, I'll take Deshaun. Well, I'll take Lamar. I like, screwed Daniel. Why would I want Daniel Jones today? Guess who's got the best, best contract as of today, Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones, just re-signed, um, 35, 35? 35 a year. I think what 35 a year. Um, I thought kinda, it was four
1: years, one sixty. So yeah, of 40, so huh?
3: they yeah. just said, you know what? Now for the next five years, we uh, four years, Daniel Jones is the better quarterback from those guys as of today. Now, as soon as Lamar signs, then somebody thinks he's the better quarterback. But it's amazing to me how that has switched just in the matter of eighteen <coughs> months uh, that Daniel Jones now has is signed. For a longer period of time than those guys, so it's just amazing now. And Daniel Jones is, and maybe as we go through for the next five years, the better quarterback of those three. So we'll see.
2: Well, I'm also just wondering if the if the market value for for a top QB is now outpacing the cap increase, and so teams just cannot You're right. teams understand. just cannot afford to take that risk anymore. Of hey, like. If it if it doesn't work, we are really screwed for the net. Like if Russell Wilson's a bust, like the the Broncos are screwed for five years possibly. Like unless they can get out of it somehow, I don't know. But like that's a lot of money to hand. You're handing over the franchise for these kind of level QBs that are asking for this kind of money. Yeah, Yeah. Tony,
0: you're the Jets GM right now, and I'm telling you, you could sign. Lamar or Aaron Rodgers to very similar deals. You just have to give up two first-round picks, but Lamar gets two more years than Rodgers does. Ooh. Because if you're getting Aaron Rodgers, you're probably doing a trade, so it's probably like at least a first-round pick, probably two.
3: I don't know that, that I am. Really going right I don't know now. that I am, um, but I uh, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers right now with the way... And it's on the Aaron Jets team because of the way the Jets team is set up. They've got some really good young wide receivers that need somebody to get them the ball. Um, And they if Brees Hall is 100%, they're not made up like Baltimore. I I think that's the thing about Lamar. He's got to find the right fit for his skill sets. And so I'd say Aaron Rodgers. So, But I think Aaron Aaron Rodgers is going to be unique. He's probably going to get that much money per year, but I don't think it's going to cost you as much draft capital because he's either cut or retired or traded for a right. lot less. You're not getting
0: of, a 26-year-old, right. you're getting a 36-year-old.
3: Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's going to cost <clears throat> you that much. So, I'm, if I'm the Jets, I'm doing what they're doing and probably going after Aaron Rodgers. Now, if he came out of the darkness tent or hut and said, I'm going to retire, uh, then um, then they will have to make a play on Lamar, I think.
2: Yeah. So. I haven't heard anything. He's supposed to be out of the darkness, isn't he?
0: He's, He's out, out of out. He had Interestingly, this morning <laughs> – and yeah. it's interesting the Packers let him do it. He visited with the Jets today on, as of Tuesday yeah. morning. He visited with the Jets about possible.
2: I did. Yeah, I did read that the the attitude there in Green Bay, which it probably has changed since last year, even before last year. But they're, it's not very adamant, hey, we kind of want this guy out. Like it's, it's not. Last year was like, okay, let's bring him back. Let's just try it one more time. Now they're like, yep, yeah, no, we're done. You're crazy. We're you going to well, it. I, out. From
0: what I've from what I've read, I think the Packers are like last year. It was whatever we got to do, we'll move mountains. We we want to get you back. Yeah, like dude, I don't know if it's worth. <laughs> it. Yeah. Like if you if he came today, from what I've kind of read, I think someone ESPN is reporting. If he called today and said, "I'm ready to come back. Let's do this. Let's go win a ring," they would go, "Let's go. Let's let's run it back." But if he comes back, he's like, "Oh, I'm not sure. I think they're gonna like." Well then, go find another. Like, we yeah. just don't go wanna... be
1: not sure somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. yeah. We just like.
0: they've done it so much, and I, and I think I don't blame him. I know Aaron Rodgers is that good, but it's just like he's holding them hostage, yeah. and he's also kind of a, not kind of he's a dick to him. I mean, it's yeah. just. And I agree with words. I agree with my dad
2: about the Jets going after Rodgers over Lamar because the way the success their receiving core had with the backup QBs who are more accurate than Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson maybe has more talent arm talent, but they have a better accuracy and they were a far better team. So I think they really just need an accurate QB. Like Jimmy G would honestly be a good fit for them too. And probably a lot cheaper than Lamar. So, yeah.
0: What, Tony, is some other either franchise tag news or just contract news we've gotten in the past few 24 to 48 hours?
3: The two things, I think Derek Carr getting to the Saints really, if you're – for all those fantasy how football How does salary players.
0: cap work? Because the Saints have to be so far over the salary. Every, all I hear oh, well, is how they're, they're way still over the but they keep <laughs> signing
3: people. The salary um,
0: cap's just not real to me.
3: Yeah, there's there's going to be some people like I, either Alvin Kamara or Michael Thomas or both are probably not going to be in Saints uniforms next yeah. year. We'll see. But
1: yeah. um,
3: I think that's significant. Go go draft Chris Olave anywhere you can get him in fantasy football. Um, but uh, I thought that was interesting for him to come out of the gate and just go just to say, get signed. And there's some synergy there with Dennis Allen. Dennis Allen drafted yeah. him when he was the Raiders quarterback. Um, and then the second thing, I think Lifford wanted to talk about the Cowboys. God. I mean. They now I mean,
0: allocate a record amount of money to the running back room.
3: Yeah. So, so what I think they just told us by franchising Pollard is they are cutting Zeke Elliott. Or Zeke's going to have to. I think restructure they're
0: restructuring it. his deal. I think yeah. he's made it kind of clear, like, like Zeke's open blink, to that, right? God. Yes, he is. From what, everything I've gathered, when the season ended, he <clears> knows <throat> he's not an idiot, and his agents talked to him as like, "You're either cut or you're restructuring at Dallas." But I think Dallas is going to compensate you for what you'd get out in the open market, which just isn't that much anymore. He's just been,
3: he's a torn I, down RB. I think he's cut. I I really do. I think Dallas is going to they're, they're going to come to the relation. They're going to. They're going to probably insult him with a number, or he feels going to feel insulted, and he's going to go. I, I, that's what Do I they, think. Emmett Smith, Emmett Smith left. He's leaving. I don't know.
2: And I, I also don't know the schedule for the NFL as far because there's a certain date they have to cut people for the dead dead cap increases. I think it's like them. a
0: March date. It's,
2: usually, it's a. Yeah. I know it's before the draft. So that's why teams like Dallas have to decide. All right, are we cutting him? Maybe drafting a rookie to back up Pollard, or are we going to stick with the vet? They got, yeah, they got to make decisions on him. I, I I, can see them restructuring. Jerry Jones loves him for some reason. but yeah.
0: Well, because Jerry Jones doesn't want to admit that he signed a bad contract. Yeah, I think yeah. That's it's a good point. 100%. I didn't think about that. <laughs> that too. No, yeah, I think he's not an idiot. He watched it and go, that's not the same guy signed. A, to get in front of a microphone and go, I fucked up. They don't want to say that. The,
2: they're the playbook that makes the, is the reason why no one else signs big contracts for older running backs. So, and well,
0: and no one was going to give Zeke that contract at the time when Zeke was holding out. If Jerry Jones would have yeah. played a little hardball, but he was just—he's also like, I don't—he got—he didn't like hearing people say you shouldn't have drafted the running back that high in the first place. So he's like, "Well, I'm going to show you. Mm-hmm. I'm not only going to sign or draft him. <laughs> I'm going to sign him and win a Super Bowl with him." It's like, well, here we are. But,
3: I, I, yeah, I—I'll I just say that with that with that signing, I I think this draft for the Dallas Cowboys may be their most important draft in 20 years. I just as and, and we're t- we're talking about you know I bet that's they,
0: never been said. They're going to yeah. draft a receiver. <laughs> yeah,
3: it would be great. It, they it, but Jackson, Smith and Jig a week wide receiver eight, class, and they're going to take a receiver still. <laughs> They've got to find starters on the offensive and defensive line in the first three <laughs> rounds, four rounds at that. Did at they that, because of. It's just well, if you
0: do that, you're the Chiefs and you're going to the Super Bowl. So let's let's do it. Have they released the
2: left tackle yet?
3: Not yet. No, they're, I they're, think they're, that's coming soon. They're not going to re sign Schultz, they're going to let him walk. And they're well, gonna, boy, by not tagging
0: I, him, it means he can get a open.
2: He's, he's a free, edge, agent
0: free agent. So he can I him. know a team Man in KC that on. would love a
2: Dallas Cowboy left tackle. <laughs> so,
3: because
2: yeah. I, I, I'm pretty sure the Chiefs are going to let Orlando
3: Brown walk, I think. And Tyler Batty is it Batty? The, the right tackle, the uh, Wiley, 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 Wiley. Wiley. Yeah. Yeah. They're going. that's the guard. No, yeah, I don't, know. I don't know. Yeah, I think both tackles. The Chiefs on the are market. just
0: going. The Chiefs are just saying we got Patrick Mahomes and you don't. They let, Well, now they,
2: now they could, they could see. I don't know. I don't know what they're making to move forward because they released Frank Clark today, um, and that that freed up twenty one million dollars, I think, in their cap. So they're. They're making moves for something, but it's not supposed to be receiver though. It's not. I think I think Mahomes proved they don't need to go spend that top dollar market.
0: Pop, yeah. you see any other moves that intrigued you? I think well, that that Pollard one kind of to me is Pollard also going. I'm not ready to sign a long term deal because it's going to be a discount
2: because it's coming off of injury. So I think injury is true. what he. That's it's a smart move for injury purposes. Yeah.
1: Well, I, I guess you got pops? My, that next question, what am I reading about that they're going to re- renegotiate Dax contract and make it bigger? What, what is going on there? Well, there's a way they can, it's. is it make it more cap? It's what Dallas friendly? does all
0: the time. They, they like renegotiate contracts and convert a lot of money to bonuses where you, you technically get more money, but it comes out of the owner's pocket, not the salary cap pocket. Yeah. So teams like Dallas who have a lot of money. They do that all the time. They restructure those deals a lot, and it frees up cap room. Mm-hmm.
1: So this is going to free up cap room ultimately right. is what it They'll is. They'll
0: restructure lot. It'll benefit Dak. It you, it hurts Dallas's bottom line. It helps the player, but your salary cap's good. But if you're Jerry Jones and you don't give a damn about spending a little more money, then you're fine. Too. that's You just don't see teams like the Carolina Panthers often do that or a – a smaller market team. You'll simply see them re- if they're
2: going to increase, they're pushing it back on the back end instead of the... Yeah. yeah. So it, it'll cost
0: Dallas at some point, but...
1: Yeah. Well, and like, don't get me wrong. The I like Saints that, have done that, that same that thing
0: being aggressive with contracts. As, no as, we'll just backload it.
1: As we've talked, I mean, he certainly uh, represents the franchises as well. I mean, he, he is a representative of the franchise, much like Mahomes. I mean, he really... is now repre- paid the
0: same amount as Daniel Jones, I think, uh-huh. on a yearly basis or maybe even a little less. But, uh,
1: anyway, so, yeah, yeah, no, that's all my question was. I was like, what is going on with that? But that yeah. makes sense.
0: I mean, Pops, any thought? The Daniel Jones does seem a little wild to me that he got that much. But I guess that's the Giants just saying that's the best we're going to get. And it's probably not all guaranteed. I don't mind it. I don't mind
2: it either. Yeah, I mean, the dude that's the dude, dude balled out this year for that For that, Did contract. he hit
0: 15 touchdowns in 16 games? But only passing touchdowns, right? That's just passing, right? right? And, and you could argue who the hell was he throwing to? Because they were. Yeah. You could yeah. yeah. receivers. No receivers. receivers. <laughs> so <laughs> I it just, I guess it just feels like a lot. Cause there wasn't that long ago. We were talking about how that was a terrible pick and.
1: Well, they had to sign him, right? So they could franchise Barkley. I Correct. think that was the thing, because yeah, you know, and, and it makes more sense that I mean, Daniel Jones to sign and right, Barkley is a running back. Who knows and again, how long he can last?
2: And again, I think they're they're smart enough to know, like, hey, we're not signing him maybe to be like the future future guy, but like we're, we could possibly contend here three or four years down the road when we rebuild because we have a. It seems like we have the right coach now. So this $35 million a year Three years from now Might look cheap <laughs> So Yeah
0: uh, One that was interesting to me We mentioned running backs being tagged Seeing Josh Jacobs tagged <laughs> I feel like that's so a whole crazy. coming
3: right That came out of left field I had no the idea Raiders are they, so were gonna, s- they were going to tag him Well Josh McDaniels Anyway Not that, I don't know if he was So guy, Josh was Jacobs had a not,
0: fantastic but. year And I felt like he made yeah. it pretty clear that I thought he was gone Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm I'm out of here. I'm going to sign a deal with someone who actually likes this. It. This is a like, team that no, you're not. 10. Yeah,
2: this is the team that didn't pick up his fifth year option. I think at the very beginning, they played him in the Hall of Fame game and they played him in like all preseason games. <laughs> Everyone's saying like they clearly don't like this guy, and then yet he balled out. It seemed out. like a mutual thing. <laughs> yeah, like they like usually like, didn't, like didn't like each other. They literally <laughs> they did nothing. But they did no favors for this guy. He balled out, and they're like, okay, we'll keep you.
0: That, that's why that's proponents crazy. hate the, the tag because they might be just trying to trade them.
2: Yeah, but I know. Just, but <laughs> they're crazy. <laughs> that's nuts. I like that's I like all the good nuts. news coming out of Jacksonville though. They franchised Evan Ingram, which I thought was smart, and then yeah. Calvin Ridley is reinstated. The world is right.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Says the guy who has him on his Dynasty fantasy yeah. team. Yeah, well,
2: Hell you just on. can't. You just who knew you couldn't gamble on Thanksgiving with your family. <laughs>
3: Yeah, Jacksonville, the Jacksonville Jaguars just became a very good team Pretty to put a futures on for the AFC Championship.
0: Yeah,
3: not a bad team right now. Uh, good job, LJ. I
0: want to touch base on, and we'll, we'll wrap up in a minute. I wanted to get some thoughts on these uh, new MLB rules because I, I see a lot of things. Some people love them, some people absolutely hate them. And so I'm very excited to get Uncle Tony and Prestige wide's thoughts on them. But Poss, I want to do a little, little NBA talk here. And I know you're a big fan of Nikola Jokic over at the Nuggets. He's having a fantastic year again. They are the best record in the West. And it seems he is the favorite to win MVP, which would be his third straight MVP. Then, as tend to happen, there's a narrative now going on. And it was kind of brought up on ESPN First Take, where they love to throw out some some hot takes. And Kendrick Perkins kind of threw out there that when Russell Westbrook averaged a triple double, he's stat padding. But when Jokic does it, he's a three time MVP. I will also—he clearly was alluding to there's a race thing, and people like Jokic because he's white, and they didn't like Westbrook because he's black. And we will say this here: this is Fort White guy's opinion talking about this, so take that for what it's worth. But I just don't. I don't think that holds any merit, Pops. I, I just don't understand where he's coming from.
1: Well, I think I think what you're seeing is Kendrick Perkins doing what he did when he played basketball. I mean, he, he's, he, he was not that good a player. He's not that good of an analyst. So he's saying something, I think, bombastic to get attention. And I guess first take is the venue to do such a thing for sure. Um, But but as far as the triple doubles, I think in in, okay, another white guy, J.J. Reddick kind of jumped up in his his ass on that. And I appreciate J.J. Reddick. I'm not saying I agree with everything he does all the time. But, you know, he said the triple doubles the last 28 times going back to next last season that that Joker Joker has had a triple double, they've won the game. They're twenty-eight and zero. Now I don't that isn't still
0: stat paddy. That feels like that, winning basketball. Yeah.
1: Now I can't that's what I heard Reddick say, so I'm giving credit to him. I haven't looked it up, but I I assume that's correct. But that's not stat padding. That is getting guys good shots. That is getting rebounds. That is uh, that is just that's not stat and That's being a hell of a ball player. And anybody, anybody that's seen this guy play, he's not the best athlete on the court. Don't get me wrong. There's no question. He is a basketball player, though, and he is, is one of the best I've ever seen uh, play. And I think, too, you saw Charles Barkley really took took up for, for him and said, man, if you can't – it's not a racist thing. Joker is good. He is a hell of a baller. And so I think I, Perkins is just one of my le- – when he first started playing, I thought he might have something. And it seemed like he signed a big contract, got traded to the Celtics, or uh, no maybe from the Celtics to the the Oklahoma Thunder. City to the yep, Thunder yep. and then he, then he wasn't anything he signed a big then contract and then he was nothing and now he's sitting on his i don't know I should shut up cuz he come up my ass pretty quick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but i just
1: i just don't think he's a great analyst i don't think he was a great ball player uh i'm i'm not a fan and i think joker i let's go play one on one between Perkins and Joker god i mean joker's an amazing amazing ball player if
0: if Jokic were to win the third straight MVP, it would join him in company of Larry Bird, Wilt Chamberlain, and Bill Russell—all guys that are
1: right around
0: the top all-time players that ever pick up a basketball. And the arguments, pops, might be that well, they keep losing early in the playoffs, but the MVP is not really a playoff regular-season
1: award. Season award. It's, it's,
0: it's voted on at the end of the regular season. It doesn't and. They are better. They're now the best record in the in the West with him. So the team's getting better. His stats are insane. NBA stats are just insane right now, as it is. So it's tough to look at. But.
1: Any of you people that that doubt if Joker is an, a candidate for MVP, go watch a little NBA basketball. Just watch him. Just watch him and get back with me and let me know what you really think after you've seen the guy play. I'm, I'm just. He, I agree. I, I love his game. He's got a great game. He's got a good and
0: he, he's a different one, and you know, I I'm as big a Luca fan out there because he plays for my team, but Luca doesn't always he, he does make guys better because he gets open shots, but it's a lot of people standing around and just watching him play where Jokic it feels like it's always offense. Like it, mm-hmm. it's it's not necessarily James Harden Luca offense where they're just dribble, 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 dribble kick out or take a three or something.
1: No, like. the ball's moving around, getting to the open guy. It, it's it's a fun game to watch too.
0: Speaking of fun games to watch, the MLB is trying to get make games more fun to watch, Uncle Tony. They're doing with some rules. And some people like the rules, some people don't. We got a pitch clock, which I'm saying. And now this is all happening spring training. Are these rules in? Or are these are they testing them out? What, what's happening here, Tony? Just let I, us let us,
3: I tell think us. they're in, aren't they, Jay? I think I've heard they're in. Oh it yeah. It sounds
0: like it, but yeah, I just they're I in. don't follow baseball quite as some well no. of the others. So they're in. There's so a pitch clock, a bigger f- bases or at least a bigger second base or pitch something. Pitch clock, all, all bases. bases, yeah. Pitch clock. Okay.
3: Bigger bases, they're thinner. No shifting? They're 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 a thinner profile and wider and they uh, all the four infielders must be on the dirt and on their side of second base at all times. Um, so you
0: can't do things where we got three guys on between second and first or something. No, but uh <laughs>
3: No, but uh um I forgot who did it the other day. They played two outfit they played three outfielders. The center fielder on. comes and plays like a rover position. Yeah. Yeah. So it, He's they not in left left field dirt. Open. He's in the grass. He's in the grass. So and left field a, played open. Yeah.
2: I think the last
0: big one that I saw was pickoffs. You can't just oh you, there's a limit to how many times you can try to pick someone off at first. Yes.
3: Yeah, that, I, and I'm not sh- exactly sure of the rule if it's per per batter or per inning, but you only have a limit. So if you make a pickoff move and don't make it, the, the runner knows. I I just go right as soon as, I I can go any movement I know he's going home, and so I really think that's going to be a disadvantage. We'll we'll see after
0: a third step off, the pitcher will be charged with the balk, and unless at least one offensive player advances a base or an out is made on the ensuing play.
3: Yes. So, so yeah, if he's
0: already had three,
3: I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna lead off, and, right? Yeah, and here's the other thing: if if the pitch clock is down to two seconds, and he hasn't pitched yet, guess what? You're gone. You know you can go. So at two seconds, one second, the guy he's got to step off, or if he steps off, he's missed his pitch clock. It's a it's a ball, right? So there's okay. So there's a lot of things. I'm going on some runners, runners
1: advance. Is that
3: right? A ball yeah, to okay. runner advances. Yeah. So I, I so pops, I, just, I don't know where you stand on sure this, but
0: that. I'm hearing some of these rules, and they sound a little fun. But it sounds like it's not baseball anymore. But it, as someone who doesn't watch much, it sounds fun. What do you say to them? Do you hate this? Do you no,
1: hate do you like. It? I like it because because I mean you've you've seen sometimes, and, and hey, I'm going to defer to the basket the baseball purist here in just a minute. <laughs> but to me, uh, and and definitely you guys know more about it than me. But to me, as just a a, a fan. Move the game along a little faster. I mean, I get tired of him trying to pick a guy off first time and time and time and time and time again. It does get old, but but also understand the purity of the game. I hate to see him. I don't see why you can't put your infield anywhere you want. Um, I don't know that I love that, but but I think uh, a pitch clock and, and some limitation, and, but Tony's pointing out some very real disadvantages, perhaps, uh, uh, to the the team that's playing defense. Uh, with those rules, but I do, I do on the surface, at least kind of like them. Yeah. Tony,
3: what do you think? Yeah, I'm with it. I, I'm i going to, I'm going to ask the the catcher on the call to weigh in on this, but uh, <laughs> I think it, I'm a little concerned that it's detrimental to that position, except that what I have uh, read and, and watched a little bit in spring training is the catchers with strong arms have now become a bigger weapon for picking <laughs> runners off at first because they're the ones that'll be able to make the pick because if the runner gets too far because they can't go to first base the the first base the catcher can throw down and that might become more of a weapon but uh, Jake as a catcher what what do you think about these rules does it dis- diminish the position or, or or give any disadvantage to the catcher
2: I would say it's no disadvantage to the catcher none, none of this I think truly affects the catcher and most of most of the stuff I have read is there's rules set in place, or there's no set rules for the catchers. Like, technically, if your pitcher likes to work slow, which not many do, they like to have a fast pace. They like to have that rhythm when they're on the mound. Um, so I think that's why you're seeing some mixed emotions. I think more of the back, more of the pushback is like, hey, I hate that you're trying to control me even more out here on my mound. Um, but uh, the catcher itself, like, they technically can hold the ball. They can't hold the ball, like, too long to give that pitcher time to reset if they want to. Cause like, But it's all the discretion of the umpire. Like, if they think someone's holding the ball too long now as a catcher, they're going to get a warning. Uh, they even had to come out and say, like, we've now given more time to the catcher to put their gear on. If they're the last out, don't worry, we're taking care of you. Like, how is that not just common sense? So you have to actually say that. So uh, there's certain things. But as far as the pitch clock goes, most pitchers like to work fast. I don't see it as a, it's just going to be something you have to get used to. The pickoff one is more concerning for me because, yeah, I, I feel like Regular season, that's fine, maybe, but if they, if that's still in place in playoffs, that's a big deal. Like pickoffs are huge in playoffs, and but also steal, and stealing bases—that's what makes some like some guys iconic. Forty-man roster guys because they can steal bases, um, but uh, the short or the bigger bases, I think we're actually going to—you won't see a change in the game, but you'll see a change in stats. Um, but then also, I think the pitch clock. I think the the stat they showed like to your credit lift, I think last year MLB games averaged 3 hours and 4 minutes. That was the average time of a of a game what they've seen because they've been doing this in minors already, this pitch clock. They're averaging 2 hours and 40 minutes a game with this mm-hmm. pitch clock. So it is a much faster paced game. Um and what, tell me,
1: what is the thought behind the bigger bases? I mean, and literally, I guess they're slightly closer because they're, they're bigger. But what's it's, what's it's going on there? It's all
2: to try to increase excitement. So more stolen bases, more, stolen bases pops, more, more easier to like steal. it's just like juicing up a baseball maybe by like a sixteenth of an inch somehow or something. Whatever they do to slow down that speed of the pitcher's ball coming to home plate, it's just little things to try to excite the game without. Completely mm-hmm. changing it to try to appease the the more purest, traditional baseball yeah. fan, I think.
3: And it, it is supposed to be the other part of the base. They made it bigger and a little bit flatter. It is supposed to reduce the risk of some injuries, especially a, at yeah. first base. Okay. So okay. that there's a larger landing area for the runner to avoid the first baseman uh, as he has his foot on the back or in any tag. Or any more fourth tad, play yeah, at a base, like, yeah. there's more okay. room on the base for both players. Uh, conversely, though, every bang bang play you've ever seen at second base, you give you know that additional two and a half inches to the runner. It, there's going to be a lot more safe calls. It's, yeah. I say I shouldn't say a lot. There's going to be more safe calls at second base. So. For
2: sure. I I think the one I hate the most, though, honestly, is the shift because uh, it's not fun. Obviously, to – like. But at the same time, like teach a guy to hit to the opposite field. Then, like I like I, I, I think that that's where the I think that's the purest in me. Obviously, I, also I'm I'm trying not to be biased. That was what I liked to do. That's what I was good at. What made where I made my money. But um, no money <laughs> before nil deals. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs>
2: get that Domino's deal or something. But um, but uh, Qdoba. Um, but uh, I I think. The shift, I liked it because it, it it was the penalty for if you were only a pull hitter, like if you're just a pull pull hitter, like I don't know, I I think I like the Pearson I use joking, use the whole I'm totally field, with you on that one. use the whole field, like or if you can bunt, then bunt, then teach them to not shift on you, like they made an adjustment to you, it's on you to now make an adjustment, not right. not the yeah, league to do I that for that. you. So I totally agree. Like I, I this is coming from someone who.
0: Can't hit worth a shit. But <laughs> yeah, if if you're mad that they're shifting everybody to the right because you only hit to the right, well learn how to hit to the left. I mean, figure it out. Yeah. Or get out of the league. You'll find your way out. I, I just that one seems the other ones I don't totally hate. It is interesting. I've read some stuff where the batters also don't necessarily love the pitch clock because they like there's some batters who love stepping out
1: and adjusting their yeah. gloves. Yeah. Adjust they their gloves, five have, 15, you 20 seen, times. have you seen
2: shirts?
0: And now
1: they the can video do a shirts,
2: I bet. Uh-uh. Scherzer is really, really fucking with some some people right now. He will per- <laughs> he will purposely get a warning for holding too long, so he can stay set, knowing that batter is going to get out and readjust because they just called time and everything like that. So as soon as the batter gets in the box, he's he's throwing, and and he they, that's legal. He can he does they, they can just quick pitch him now. He's really take he's he's pushing everything. which Scherzer is kind of that guy. Like I hate I hate the I hate the the establishment, but. Um, He's, he's pushing the boundaries pretty hard on the pitch clock. Well,
0: it does get old. And the two things that get old the most, man, I get they they, they play a part in the game. Well, one of them does. that Like picking a guy off first mm-hmm. and closer to first base. Like I get that. But what drives me crazy sometimes is like Pops was alluding to, the batter suit between every single pitch, unstrap the glove yeah. and readjust and take. I know it's not a ton, but it adds up. And all of a sudden this at-bat takes forever because we're doing it between every
2: single pitch. I don't hate shortening that down, you know? I would say I would say it's similar to guys that have maybe a somewhat longer free throw routine. That's what they that's their routine to get in the box. That's what they do every day before every yeah. pitch of every practice. That's their routine. That's how they get their headspace. They clear the mechanism from like that's just how they do it. So, I get it. It does take longer. I get I, As someone that played, I like the little things that you see in baseball, the little strategies. So, I feel like some of these rules are now preventing some of those strategies and taking a little bit less out of creativity out of the game. But at the same time, it feels it's, like it's a business. Saying, it's a business. So, I understand. It does kind of feel
0: like they're saying, well, Uncle Tony and Prestige, they're going to watch because <laughs> they love baseball. They're going to watch. Let's see if we can't convince – Liff and Kevin to watch some regular season. It feels like they're kind of disregarding. Like, oh, they'll be fine. They're going to keep watching. We need to get the other people involved, which could piss me off. Yeah, who enjoyed the purest yeah. stuff? You know, yeah.
3: not wrong.
0: You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I get so. if you're watching it, it's just like watching football, and you see something. You're like, well, this doesn't feel like football anymore. If we're calling this past <laughs> experience or something. Yeah, if you don't understand why a
2: catcher setting up outside and then jumps inside, or like the little, if you don't notice those little things, yeah, it's kind of it, you kind of lose it, and it's not as fun. So. Alright, I think
0: that wraps us up on sports topics unless someone had any, any final thoughts and we'll get to oh what do you got, Jacob? I got
2: one more thing. Did y'all see the there's a video a viral video going around of this Minnesota Twins catcher? <laughs> he's six six. He's, he's the he's the tallest catcher in the MLB history, I think. Not the Good tallest crazy. player, the tallest catcher. He's six six. That's six, that's gigantic. Six. Like that's a that's, that's a starting pitcher. A starting pitcher and then it'll be What it, is a typical catcher? It went uh well, probably five six foot? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, five. Me? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I would probably say yeah, I'd probably say I would probably say six foot is cause it, yeah. it's still a pro athlete. So six He's six is insane. He's like in, that's, like that's... that's Tyler Glasnow, the Rays, like these are starting pitcher size people. Aaron so Judge, put, it in, yeah. put it in perspective, Aaron Judge is six seven. So he's oh, one man. inch shorter than Aaron Judge, and he's, and he's, behind, but he's behind home plate. It went viral because they were doing a spring training game, and I think it looks like the Orioles have the video, right, or maybe it's the Tigers. But I guess the guy hitting was more of an Altuve-type looking guy, and so the catcher stood up in between pitches, and everyone was like, holy crap. <laughs> <Towers>. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm
0: seeing, yeah, I'm
2: seeing. He's
0: massive. Because he's, like, he's, he's in his squat, and he's like, Close to the person's chin when he stands <laughs> yeah. up.
2: Yeah. So it's I just, just like crazy. a dad in a sense I just thought it was crazy. Which and then I so then I did a little bit of a dive, like, well, how like how close are we getting now? And actually Matt Weeders, who was a starting catcher for a long time in the MLB, was a top draft pick actually, I think, for the Orioles. He was six five. So I mean it's not unheard yeah. of. So I wonder if the position's just getting more athletic and taller, but I just thought I just thought that was an interesting trend yeah what happens. So
0: um uh, it has six, been a little six. while do you have any uh bougie problems
1: or how, have, have I told you about going? my problems with navigation have I have I, have I done that <laughs> well we, we touched on it at one point <laughs> we <laughs> did remember you,
2: with the uh going
0: with the to, uh, yeah yeah because you okay. phone so well,
1: <laughs> you okay so well the, there is like a part a part <laughs> dose so tammy is in Dallas she had to drive to Dallas tonight and I don't know if somehow it, it, it's like avoiding toll roads. I think somehow maybe we've got a setting that says take the most scenic route you can possibly take. Yeah. <laughs> and and i got to figure that out because I think it, not only our phones but our navs and our vehicles, it's like <laughs> ridiculous. I know so your just, phone just, you can just choose. The fact don't that we have drive navigation drive. is makes it bougie, right? We can have yeah. that. <laughs> correct. Yeah. Up, for God's sake.
2: I, I know your phone you can choose whether a route's going to be a paid route or not, I know that. But so it would it would make sense, I guess, that cars now have that feature. I, I got to look
1: into that because Tammy called me like I don't know where I'm at, I don't know where I'm going. It's <laughs> taking me through neighborhoods. <laughs> you know, it's ridiculous. Just you don't trust, just like trust the, the technology.
0: Just trust, trust it. Yeah. I'm telling
1: you.
2: <laughs>
0: well, I just hope I, you don't get lost anytime. So keep your atlas with you, so you can pull. That's the, right. Oh, I do. I keep an atlas with okay, you all the time. Yes, sir. <laughs>
1: When the Did apocalypse you comes, know. come see me. <laughs> we won't be yeah,
3: able to. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. yeah. we got to set it where we can't go on a toll road. We'll find you. Yeah. Uh, we'll find you. I, I have a bougie problem if Lyft doesn't have another. Okay. Okay. So okay. So I the, here's my bougie problem. I'm assuming it's a bougie problem. It may just be my problem. But um, we, I had a tooth extracted Friday and so uh, she save a,
0: that for this coming up Friday when there was March Madness going on
3: yeah I know and uh, but no when I had the chance because I had a I had a broken root canal I don't know if anybody's ever had a broken root canal before but that was ridiculous and I was not enjoying it but anyway um, I opted for them being able to put me to sleep you know knock me out and um so here's the problem I felt great the whole time and so I still felt great but the thing is, when I, before I went in for the procedure, remembered everything, um, I got in there and I thought, I, I didn't remember acting like an idiot, but I don't remember anything after the guy said, <laughs> I, um, here here comes the, the medicine and me waking up in my bed at 1.30 in the afternoon, um, this was at 9.30 at in the morning, and I'm like, now i I know something happened between then and then I wasn't asleep this whole time. And Cindy, uh, was said, no, you were fine. You no, you made it through the car. Fine. They wheeled you out. You got up. You didn't have a problem getting in the car. We went to the pharmacy and we drove through. And then I asked if you want anything to eat. You said, no, we drove through. We went to the neighbor. You told me not to open the garage door. I don't remember a damn thing about that. <laughs> and I, and now obviously then I was fine. So, uh, the boozy problem is, man. That's kind of scary. That I don't remember anything from. But you were to so the 3. lights
0: were on, and you just nobody was nobody at home
3: functioning. Yeah, and so uh, th- the last time that happened was in New Orleans, and I'm not going to tell that
1: story right now. Yeah, yeah, no, but, um, <laughs> no, no, time out, time out. So, uh, yeah. but uh, Cindy may have some incriminating pictures of you, Tony. I mean, you yes. may of your she best might. behaviors. She might, but I, that just to me is
3: crazy. That uh, I. That's just weird. I just, you might have yeah, be been
0: like, it'd be one thing. She's like, Yeah, you had you struggled get in the car, you were out of it, but she's yeah. like, Yeah, you were
3: fine. You kept asking people if they wanted to have what you were having, you just anything like that. I, I'd, have, I'd understood it because it was yeah. me, but I, I, I would have, <laughs> um, at least I would have expected me to be, you know,
1: a little bit of an idiot, but she said, You were no, just loopy. I, I, was to, I was fine. Tony, it's probably hard for her to tell when you're being just a little bit of an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that, 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 that's probably true. Yes. <laughs>
0: Speaking of loopy over there, uh, I saw an orange peel. Are we drinking yes. an, an, an old fashioned maybe? What no. So
3: it? we are drinking tonight an Uncle Tony original. It's called a Between the Seasons. And so, you know, this is that time of year, football's over. <laughs> you might work on a better It's, name it's all-star coming. game in NBA. We're halfway through. Yeah. It was so, um, NCAA tournament <laughs> hadn't started yet in NBA, MLB is not, uh, started, you know, golf really hasn't gotten going yet. The master's in there. So it's, it's between the seasons. So what this was, and I wrote this down. So I, I took an old fashioned and a between the sheets and kind of did a, uh, uh, a kind of a combo drink and so what this drink is i call it uncle tony's between the seasons or or the the sports wasteland whichever you'd want to call it and you it's called an too- old sheet an old sheet I, <laughs> like old old sheets.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't <laughs>
0: You know, I'm more of a, I'm more along the lines of the tweener or the in-betweener.
2: Oh uh, I don't like that liver. That's not very funny. Um you could
0: just call it the tweener. You know, like the tweener, like position when tweener. you don't really have a position, you're a tweener. It's a tweener. It's just Tween a, the, it's the seasons or, or the BS. I don't, I mean,
3: anyway, this 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 old What's in the old sheets, Tony? This, what's in the, the old tweener? Oh, what else that the old tweener is two ounces of bourbon, an ounce of cognac, And, uh, and then a half ounce each of sweet vermouth, Amaro, Benedictine, Angostura bitters, and an orange peel. So, uh, folks be like going, Oh my God, that's a lot. But I'm telling you, it tasted really good. It was a little bit south of a bouquet, but a little bit, a little bit north of an old fashioned. And it was really, really good. Uh, so I've, I've written the recipe down. So Uncle Tony's, Old sheets, baby coming a favorite to your barn. <laughs> is
2: Somewhere. that uh, Is that all equal parts?
3: No, two that? ounces bourbon, one ounce cognac, and then a half ounce okay. each. It is equal parts sweet vermouth, amaro, yeah. and uh, uh, and um, uh, that's why I wrote it down. Boy, he Anna, you, Benedict, have, Benedict you Benedict have you know, sure some time, shit. But you, yeah. All yeah. Remember you got some day sweet day. vermouth. <laughs> you got the bitter. <laughs> you got the damn. Yeah. I could have I could have had that before I got my tooth thing pulled so that was Well better. that's
0: what I was going to ask so these weren't what you were drinking before no. you blacked out
2: between <laughs> yeah, 9:30 and 9:30. Okay. you
0: forgot that's to tell us had 3, three at 9:30 <laughs> in the morning <laughs> Oh uh. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for this week's part of the Jets Press Play podcast. And we might even title this like Uncle Tony's Old Sheets. I can show you
1: that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, LJ, we'll let you decide that in post. Maybe, yeah. maybe make an executive
3: decision on that Between one. Between the seasons. LJ between the um, BS Selection
0: we got conference tournament this week, and then selection Sunday afterward, and then we're getting fully into March madness, baby. We cannot wait. We'll be back next week to get you all Woo-hoo. set. Guys, I'll holler at you then. Peace out.
2: Peace. Peace. You're
0: already.